0: Hello and welcome to the course wellness podcast. Today I am chatting with Kelsey Baldwin of Paper and Oats all about her course, the InDesign Field Guide. Kelsey Baldwin started Paper and Oats as an Etsy shop and a freelance design studio in 2013. It has since grown into a brand and blog that teaches creatives how to organize, design, and market their digital products so they can share what they know and look good doing it. She is a single mom to a crazy three-year-old and a big fluffy dog, and is also an advocate for women learning to sustain themselves and gain independence through online business. In today's episode, we'll be chatting about what her planning process was like to create the InDesign field guide and how she added multiple layers of actionable and practical content to ensure her students not only learn a ton, but also are able to apply their new skills in a variety of applications.
1: Welcome to the Course Wellness Podcast, where you'll learn how to create an engaging online course with the help of actionable tips and insightful interviews with course creators just like you. Meet your host, Emily Walker, learning designer, workshop leader, and cat mom extraordinaire. If you're ready to make an impact, get seen, and change your learners' lives, you're in the right place let's
0: dive in. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and all about the InDesign field guide. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about this with you. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. So we heard the official bio at the beginning of the show, but can you tell us a bit more about who you are and where you're from and what you do?
1: Uh,
0: yeah. So my name is Kelsey Baldwin and I'm the founder
1: and designer behind Paper and Oats, um, which has gone through a lot of different phases over the years, but um, kind of starting out as just an Etsy shop and doing freelance design work. Um, it's kind of evolved into more of like a blog and a resource for creative entrepreneurs, um, specifically who are looking to kind of do business on their own terms. Um, and especially for developing uh, digital products. Um, so I like to help them organize design and market their digital products. Um, and so I mainly just have a couple different programs and classes that center around that. And I don't do freelance work anymore. Um, so it's been kind of a big shift over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, that's kind yeah. of the gist of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a, quite a big shift. Did you, like, did you know that was kind of the direction that you wanted to happen or were you just kind of, it just developed organically? It was really organic. Um, I, like I said, I did freelance
1: for almost 10 years, probably, um, working with clients and then, uh, I became a single mother And so my time was just really, um, restricted (laughs) and not as predictable anymore. So, um, I really wanted something that was more flexible and I didn't really, um, depend on like my schedule or, um, I didn't want to like depend on other people's timetables, if that makes sense. Um, so I kind of, that was kind of around the time that online courses were becoming a thing and I ended up, um, I kind of shifted my freelance business to, um, work only with clients who were creating online courses and I was designing all the materials for them. So I got kind of like an inside look at all the different pieces that go into them. Um, and kind of really got curious about it. And I was like, I think I could make one of these. I've always really enjoyed teaching. Um, and so I developed the in design field guide, which was the first course I ever made. Um, it's still kind of my main one and um, yeah, it kind of, it was a lot more successful than I was expecting. And it kind of took over my freelance income and I was able to kind of gradually shift over to that type of business model.
0: That's so fantastic. I love how it was such a natural progression for you and that you got to have those kind of like sneak peeks kind of behind the scenes of developing courses and kind of be on part of the course creation process before fully launching into it. I think that's such a great way to kind of like dip your toes in the water before just like s planting full like yeah, full jump into the course, yeah, it was a really
1: good like behind the scenes look at like how it all comes together and all the moving parts because it is a lot of pieces, so I'm glad I had that kind of background before I dove into it myself,
0: yeah, I think it definitely helped for sure, so tell us about the inDesign field guide, like you just you started touching on it, so tell us more about it,
1: yeah, so um the InDesign field guide is basically. A course that can teach either beginners or, um, people who have experience with Adobe InDesign, um, all about how to use the program. And that's a design program that a lot of designers use. Kind of one of the three main design programs, um, Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign. So it's kind of one that a lot of people stay away from because it's pretty overwhelming. Um, there's a lot you can do with it and there's a lot of buttons and menus and <laughs> like, screens whenever you open it up and it's, um, it can be a lot and a lot of people are afraid to really dive into it. Um, and so I worked in InDesign a lot, um, whenever I worked at a design agency, um, before I started doing freelance and, um, I was designing book interiors. So I was in InDesign like all day, every day and kind of developed this like workflow in it that kind of helps you to work a little bit faster and smarter Um, Learned a lot of tricks in there and so kind of realized when I was thinking about what I could teach about for a course, um, kind of realized that I had the skill that a lot of other designers um, or just creative entrepreneurs who wanted to create like PDFs or downloads or ebooks or whatever um, didn't know how to fully use that program. So, um, yeah, so it's a course that teaches really from start to finish exactly how to use the program. Um, Not every single thing the program can do because it's a lot and it's really overwhelming. (laughs) Um, So I kind of try to break it down as simply as I can and deliver it in like really bite-sized chunks so that um, you can like remember what you're learning and put it into practice as you're learning it um, without all that overwhelm.
0: Yeah, I love that you mentioned bite-sized chunks because I like I've dabbled with InDesign a little bit, and definitely it is so overwhelming. So yeah. I love that you you looked at it and you're like, okay, well, how can I take my process and like my kind of tips and tricks? And it's not just like this is a menu and this is this, but it's like here's how to use it efficiently and like not get overwhelmed. Because I think that's probably like one of the main barriers when it comes to I think Adobe products in general. There's a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, for sure. So how did you, like, what was your planning process like for like laying out the course? Like, did you have kind of a vision in mind or were you just like, how can I take this overwhelmingly huge program and break it down into those bite-sized chunks? Like, tell us a bit more how you did that.
1: Yeah. um, That was like one of my favorite parts. I'm a nerd and I love to like plan out things and organize things. So um, that was really fun for me. Um, but kind of what I did whenever I was first building the course um, at the same time, I was going through um, someone else's online course at Mariah cause. She has a program called your first one K and mm-hmm. it's about creating your first digital product um, and uh, kind of building your email list simultaneously. Um, and so her program is more for like not really creating an online course, but like a smaller price digital product. Um, but I kind of, took it and ran with it and knew that I wanted to make a course, um, and kind of, um, use it as a jumping off point. I didn't ever actually finish the course, (laughs) her course. (laughs) Um, I kind of just like ran with it. But, um, basically what I did was I just like, I got a bunch of note cards and I just dumped like everything I knew how to do in InDesign, like one thing per note card and just laid it all out over the floor. Um, And was kind of, once I kind of got everything out that I know how to do or stuff that maybe I didn't know like exactly how to do it, or I thought maybe there's a better way I could learn how to do it, but I didn't know quite yet, but I knew that like, that's something I wanted to learn and then teach, um, or that would, you know, be necessary to include in the process. Um, I just like dumped it all out, laid everything on the floor and kind of started grouping stuff together. Like what would, you know, what would naturally fit together? What things do you need? To learn first before you learn this next thing, um, cause it all kind of, that's kind of how the course ended up growing as it kind of builds on itself, um, with each lesson, um, and kind of thinking about like what order should things go in, um, what should be grouped together. So that's kind of how I started really organizing everything. Um, and then I just typed all that up kind of in an outline. Um, and then scheduled out <laughs> like a mad woman in um, Asana is the scheduling program that I use for like to-do lists. Um, I love Asana. It's so helpful. Yes. My Any sort of life project season, management though.
0: thing. Yeah. It's so great.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I kind of just, I totally guessed at like, kind of just thinking about my own schedule and like um, I had never like recorded videos or anything like that before. So I was kind of it was definitely a learning curve to figure out like how long does this stuff take to actually like write it out, record it, edit it, um, like design some slides for it and like intro things. So I kind of, I think I took like the first lesson and just sort of went through like one whole video and tried to see how long that would take me. And then I kind of estimated out on a calendar. Like I took one week to do like one whole lesson, um, and then I got um, a group of about uh, five people who were interested in the program. Um, and I got them to pay me like, I think it was $150. I had no idea what I would charge for the course at that point. Um, but they were kind of my beta testers. And so each, like I would take, you know, week one and I would create all of lesson one. And then the next week I sent it to those five women um, and they went through it and gave me feedback on it um things I could change or what didn't make sense or what did they like, you know, feel like I didn't explain well or something. Then the next week I would make edits to that lesson. And then the next week I would do lesson two. So I kind of repeated that um all the way through all the lessons. So it took me about six months or so to create the whole, like from kind of that first day of like throwing note cards all over the floor to um the launch of it was about six months.
0: That sounds like such a great process that you went through. Like, I love that you, you know, just kind of started by chunking out the content and just kind of brain dumping everything that you had, and then really looking at how to intentionally structure it, like you said, so that it builds on it, so that they're kind of keep applying what they've already learned and then learning new skills. And I love that you said that it took six months. Like I think some people think that putting a course together can be done super quick. And maybe if you don't sleep, eat, or have like any social life <laughs> in between, you could like cut that time down. But I like, I think the fact that you beta tested it along the way and that you've got lots of opinions and feedback and that type of thing. Like, I think that probably just really enriched the entire process for your learners. Yeah,
1: I wanted to, um, I wanted to like do it right the first time and not rush through it and not like kind of put it together like haphazardly. Um, I wanted it to be a really quality, um, way to learn InDesign. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to, you know, take my time with it. And at the same time, I was, I had a full load of freelance clients. Um, I was a single mom, so I had a little toddler to take care of. So, Um, there was a lot of like other stuff going on in my life. So I knew I couldn't like dedicate all day, every day to this. Um, and I just kind of had to be okay with that and know that it was going to take me maybe longer than some people. Um, and just be okay with it and get as much done as I could whenever I could do it.
0: It sounds like a really awesome mindset to have to like not put so much pressure on yourself when you were balancing like so many things on your plate at the same time and just being like, you know what, I'm gonna take my time, I'm going to do what I can when I can and not like stress out about having to get it done in a certain amount of time frame.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like that as a business owner, the only deadlines you have are the ones you create <laughs> for yourself, usually. So I think at first I would stress about it. And then I was like, if this is not enough time, I can just give myself more time. Like nobody's, <laughs> nobody knows that I moved it except for me. So.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like the funny thing about like being your own boss, right? You're like, oh, my boss yeah. is giving me all these crazy deadlines. And you're like, oh wait, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have control over this. <laughs> so was there anything surprising or like challenging that kind of came up that you weren't expecting when you were developing the course? It was a
1: lot, um, even having like had that background of designing for other people's courses, I think I was still surprised by like how much different, um like how many moving parts there were and just every little like step to get like one thing done was kind of overwhelming sometimes. Um, Kind of like I said, of like outlining a video, writing out what you need to do, recording it, editing it. Um, uploading to like wherever you're going to host it and finding out, you know, researching like what, um, platform am I going to host it on? Like the videos, what platform am I, am I actually going to like put the whole course on itself for students to access it? So kind of like thinking about all those logistics was, um, a lot at times, but like I said, I'm a geek and I, I loved that planning part too. So it was fun to kind of figure out those problems and solve them, um, one thing that was kind of tricky, um, kind of, as I got into outlining everything and figuring out like exactly what I wanted to teach in the program, um, I decided it would be, um, maybe the most beneficial to kind of teach everything, not just like on a blank screen, especially for like a design learning and design program, but I wanted to teach it all on like a real, um, project, mm-hmm. like everything in context and like how all of the tools, and features can kind of like work together to actually make a design. Um, so I kind of had to like pause the creation of it for a minute and kind of figure out, okay, what's like the document that I could actually design, start to finish, like throughout the course that they can work on, um, kind of along with the videos, kind of like homework, I guess. Um, and so I kind of had to like figure out what that was then figure out like, okay, at what point can I teach this tool (laughs) and like what page would that be designing? And so it was a lot of like timing and figuring out like what pages of the document can I teach what tools on and what needs to come first. And so it was kind of added another element of work for me and it took me a little bit longer, but I think in the end, that's what a ton of my students say that they loved about it was learning in this like real context and like seeing how everything is actually applied. Um, and it's a file, it's like a branding guideline is what the project is. Um, and so then they can like turn around and use it actually in their business, um, for practical reasons. And, um, you know, it's not just like a fake thing that they've done, like it's actually useful to them. So I wanted that element of it too. So that was kind of another level of the course that took me a little bit longer to figure out logistics, but, it was definitely worth it in the end.
0: That is such an amazing thing. Like I just like, my heart is just so happy hearing like how many different levels and intentional you were about putting those levels together with the fact that you're not just teaching the tool, but you're giving them that actionable, practical time to apply what they're learning. And then you added that extra layer of not only are you applying the skills from InDesign field guide to this um, kind of, you know, sample document, but then the document itself is useful in your business. Like that, like that's so many different layers that I think just really enrich the learner experience. Like no wonder your students just rave about this program because you're giving them such good, rich learning along with just those practical pieces.
1: Yeah. I think it's, that was a really fun part of it that I think people are kind of surprised by and, um, yeah, it's fun to see, like, I have a lot of students who say like, I started the course and then I really got to thinking about like the branding guidelines, like the document itself. And like, how do I want to brand my business? And so they kind of were like, I paused the course, to like figure that out. (laughs) And it helped me to like, kind of walk through all the different pieces I need to figure out for like my business itself. And then I came back to the course and like learned how to use InDesign. And then I could actually like, you know, use this document and it was something I had like put thought into so that's cool to hear
0: so what is your favorite part of the InDesign field guide like what's one thing that you added to make it that much more special for your learners um
1: that's a hard question I love a lot of it (laughs) it's like my little baby um I I really love that what I just said the um the branding guideline, like the whole document that they get to use. And they get that like native InDesign file to really like open up on their own and look through. Um, so I love that whole element of it. Um, I also, they were kind of like, once I figured out what parts of that document I could, you know, teach the course on, um, it's about 20 pages. So there were like a few random pages that didn't, um, I didn't have like specific lessons where I was teaching on that page. Um, and so, but I still wanted to show them like how I designed it and kind of how I put a bunch of, you know, combined a bunch of the tools in InDesign and how I use them all together to create a design. And so um, in a couple of the lessons, I just have like a section with some demo videos um, like design demos. And so I would just take one page from the um, from the branding guidebook and, just design it start to finish and recorded the whole thing and just talked through all the decisions that I was making. Like, um, and it was, I mean, there was also like things I ended up changing in there. Like I would design it one way and then kind of talk through why I decided to change something or delete something. Cause it wasn't, you know, working with this other part of the page or whatever. So I kind of talked through everything, mistakes and all, so they could kind of see a whole process of like one page start to finish with a bunch of tools used at once. Um, and so there's about 10 of those in the course. Um, so those are fun to put together too. And a lot of students have really enjoyed watching those.
0: It's so nice to see it applied in like kind of a real life context where people can just you know sit back and really listen and watch and learn as you walk through like your real process and and sort of that practical piece and then they can go okay well like these are the questions she's asking to herself or this is how she's applying that and then it almost gives them a little bit of a break from being like okay I have to take all these notes because I'm learning a skill right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're good to just kind of sit back and just watch it and not like try to do anything wrong with me, but just. Kind of seeing how I do something start to finish with a lot of different moving parts. Um, yeah, it's good, like extra practice to see how it all works together.
0: Yeah. Extra practice. And then also just kind of creating like that natural kind of ebb and flow in the learning process. It sounds like you were really sort of intentional about making sure you give them like the bite-sized pieces of of learning, but also giving them like a little bit of a break to apply it and think about it and process it. So the next round of the InDesign field guide is opening up in the fall. Um, what are you excited about for this next round? Um I'm,
1: I'm excited to just welcome new students into the course. It's always fun to like see people getting excited about it and um it's fun, I think especially it's um a higher price course by now it's um at four ninety nine is the current price of it and so it's fun to see people who have said like I've you know loved watching this course from like when you first started it and been saving up for it or I didn't feel like ready to take it yet or something. And this time I'm investing and I'm going to start it. And so it's cool to see them like having waited and saved up and now they get to join it. Um, so that's always fun. Um, I am also adding um, kind of some new bonus content to the course this time around. Um, and it's, I'm in the process also of writing a book. And so I've kind of, I have just now been starting the phases of like designing the book and designing the cover. And so I'm recording all of that to add as a bonus to the course, just to kind of give people another look, you know, at a different type of project an actually like physical book, um, which is what I used to design at my old job. So it's really fun to go back and like kind of get into that mindset again of all the different like nitpicky things to think about when designing a book, um, so I'm in the process of recording that whole journey <laughs> of my own project. Um, and I had kind of asked students a few weeks ago, if, like, would you even be interested in seeing that, like existing students? And they were all really excited about it and said they would love to see that process. So that's a cool thing that I'm adding um, kind of as it's happening in real time. So that'll be another little bonus that new students will get in the fall.
0: Oh, that is so exciting. I love that it's like the real-time process so they can kind of see what you're doing and and kind of a different style of design. Cause like you said, like when we exist in this online world and there's a lot of, you know, designing, you know, lead magnets and freebies or slides or whatever it may be, but being able to see like apply those design skills and tools into like something like a physical thing and and applying that previous experience that you have as well. So I'm all about lifelong learning. What is one thing that you are reading or watching or listening to right now that you are just loving and learning lots? I I mean,
1: business related, I think I learn a lot from podcasts um, and listening. I've been listening a lot to um, Profit Planner, um, Haley. I can't think of her last name off the top of my head, but um, she has a podcast called The Profit Planner. Um, and it's kind of an interesting look at like just the financial side of business and kind of thinking about, um, I mean, planning for profits and thinking about that type of thing throughout the year. Um, so that's been interesting to kind of learn that perspective on things. Um, I would say personally, I'm reading a really great book right now, um, by Anne Lamott called Traveling Mercies. Um, and it's a really, really good one just about, um, it's kind of hard to even explain what it's about. It's a lot of like small stories about her life. Um, and she was also a single mother. So it's kind of interesting to see read about her perspective and she's a really great writer. So I think I learned a lot just from her writing style as well. Um, and she's really funny and just has a really interesting perspective on like what would seem like just a small and significant story. And she kind of has this bigger purpose behind it. Um, so yeah,
0: hers has been really challenging. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll have to check that out for sure. I love it when it's kind of that balance of like the storytelling and there's like the lessons behind it and it really makes you think and it just kind of gives you everything wrapped up in a really great experience. So that we're almost out of time here, but before you go, can you share a quick win from the InDesign field guide that our listeners can start doing right away?
1: Um. Yeah, so... One thing I was going to mention was that um, in, it's kind of hard to like share quick wins, obviously, without like getting into the program and like s- learning how to use a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I do talk about um, in lesson three of the course, which is one of the students' favorite parts, um, it's all about typesetting and typography, which a lot of people really geek out on and enjoy it. So um, kind of the first thing I teach about in that court or in that lesson um is all about choosing typography and how to choose um, and pair up fonts together that are going to look good together. Um, I kind of say sometimes that that's kind of the um, dead giveaway for an amateur design is two fonts that really aren't working well together, um, and it can really make or break your entire design for something. Um, so kind of a couple of really good things to remember when choosing fonts is making sure um, like if you're pairing two of them together, making sure that there there's enough contrast between them. If they're too similar, it can kind of get confusing um, for the viewer, like, is that the same font? Is it not the same font? You don't want them to be you know thinking about that, of course, when they're looking at your design and trying to decipher like the hierarchy between what you're trying to display. Um, so making sure there's enough contrast between the two fonts so they can tell that they're different. Um, but also making sure that they're complementary. And they're not, um, you know, too really like too different, like too crazy fonts that are kind of competing with each other. Um, so usually it's good, especially like a lot of people are using script fonts and handwritten things. Um, if you have one of those, that's kind of, um, maybe a little bit harder to read, making sure that your second font is really clean and simple and easy to read so that there's obviously contrast between the two, but also, um, they're not like competing with each other. Um, like using two handwritten fonts together would probably not be a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of just some tips for whenever you're trying to decide what to use. Um, also making sure just that like legibility is really important um, and making sure the viewer can actually read what, what you're displaying. Um, even if a font looks really, really cool, <laughs> if they can't read what it says, then that kind of defeats the purpose. So making sure that that's kind of above every choice that you make is making sure they can actually read it.
0: Those are so many great tips all wrapped up in one. And I know like I love fonts and I totally get sucked into some of those really beautiful brush fonts that are, they just like, they just look so great. And then you like start writing out like a header or something in it. And then you're like, oh, people can't read that at all. Darn it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. And I, I feel like now we're all going to go back and look at our fonts and be like, Ooh, did I match these up? Right. Like would Kelsey approve?
1: <laughs> I do have a blog post too, all about, um, it kind of goes even more in depth with those different tips and like shows examples of, you know, what works and what doesn't work, um, on my blog. So that's another Another place that where you could dive a little bit deeper.
0: Oh, perfect! I will put a link to that in the show notes, so everyone who's listening can go check that out and learn a bit more about pairing up their fonts, and maybe take a look at their own fonts and see if if they're working the way they should be. So that's going to be how they can get to your blog for those of us that you've completely convinced that we need the InDesign Field Guide because Adobe products are overwhelming and they're <laughs> so helpful and amazing when you know how to use them. So how? can people sign up for the field guide?
1: Yeah, so they can um, go to the indesignfieldguide.com. And um, if you go there during the week that the course is open, it's going to be a really long page that explains an overshare. So I want you to have all the information about exactly what you're getting before um, before you would invest in it. Um, but if you head to that website even before the course is open, um, you can actually take kind of this free little test drive, um, that I have that's called the cliff notes. Um, and it kind of is like a one week email series. Um, that gives you just kind of like a dip your toes in type look at InDesign and what you can use it for, what you can't use it for. Um, kind of some lingo to learn about the program, um, kind of a little peek at my, Method for working um, a little bit smarter and faster in the program and then a little bit of more details about um, the full course itself or whenever it comes out. So you can go through that for free while you're waiting for the course to open up. Um, and that's all at the InDesignFieldGuide.com.
0: Oh, perfect thing. A little tasting menu of what's to come for from the, the big course. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I had such a fun time chatting with you and learning more about how intentional and and much effort and love that you put into your course. It was so great to hear more about it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This
1: was fun to kind of talk about how it all came together.
0: I hope you had as much fun listening as I did chatting with Kelsey. Be sure to check out coursewellness.com slash podcast for links to the InDesign field guide, as well as the other amazing resources that Kelsey shared with us today. Please share what you're loving from this podcast and don't forget to tag me at Course Wellness. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And I would love, love, love it if you could leave me a review too. Thanks again so much for listening and as always, happy learning.